This episode of Experiences You Should Have is brought to you by Soul Blends, handcrafted in Oregon from botanicals to bottle, multiple healing balms, salves, and moisturizing products to bring life to your skin. Check out Soul Blends and use the code EYSH to receive 10% off your order. And it's so quiet in the morning and as the sun's kind of making its way up higher and it peeks over the whole valley and you can see all the vines, there's something almost, there's this serene feeling and it's so beautiful and it's magical and the people there, it's like coming into someone's living room. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. I'm your host, Gail Manasco, and today we are talking with Griselda Beck on experiencing wine tasting in the Valle de Guadalupe in northern Mexico. This is actually in the Baja region, and it's so funny because right before the pandemic began, I was actually in Rosarito, Mexico. And I did not know about this wine region. And I'm I'm so upset. I'm so upset that I didn't know. And, and now I know. And I would love to go back. So for you listeners who love experiences, who love tasting what life has to offer, and you enjoy wine, then put the Valle de Guadalupe on on your list and Griselda schools us that you can just simply say the the valle. Um, now Griselda, she is a powerhouse speaker and coach and she combines her executive expertise with transformational leadership, mindset, life coaching, and heart-centered divine feminine energy principles to empower women across the globe to step into their power, authenticity, hearts, and sensuality to create incredible success in their business and freedom and in their lives. So what are the results of what Griselda offers is confident CEOs. Uh, So you can check her out at latinabosscoach.com. So Latina Boss Coach. Uh, you can also find her on Instagram at Latina Boss Official. Uh, so, so definitely follow Griselda as she is a powerhouse and she is there to make things happen. And now as far as the Valle de Guadalupe, this is actually um, her motherland and and she's got the family ties there. So when she and I sat down to really talk about what should this episode be about, I saw her light up when she talked about the Valle de Guadalupe. And here we are today to talk about why you should go and how to do it. Welcome, Griselda, to Experiences You Should Have podcast. So happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Fabulous. And we are talking about 
wine tasting in Via de Guadalupe. We are, we are. <laughs> okay, so this is an area outside of Rosarito. About how far away is it from San Diego? This is in Mexico. Um, this is about um, an hour south of the San Diego border mm. of Mexico. Um, and technically, it's cl- closer to the city of Ensenada, okay. considered on the outskirts of the city of Ensenada. Um, but I usually stay in Rosarito. <laughs> See, I really wish I found you um, back in 2020, right right before everybody went into lockdown, January, New Year's, I went to, to Rosarito. And I did not know about this. And I'm just like... <laughs> I'm so upset that I I didn't I didn't know and I I love wine I love food um to me that that makes it's an experience um you know just tasting great wine and even and pairing it with nice food um I find I find often that people who value experiences often value food and drink as well Absolutely. And you know what? This only means you get to go back. <laughs> okay. Okay. I will, I will go. I will absolutely go. Um, okay. So, so what makes this region so special? Oh my gosh. One it's, it's in my, my mom's native country of Mexico. So that's beautiful Two. It is such an easy drive from San Diego, California. So if someone is somewhere else in the U.S., it's very easy to fly into San Diego and go right on in. It's an easy drive there. There's also multiple shuttles that will take you right into the heart um, and tour companies. So you don't have to do any of the planning or thinking. You just get to be in the experience and enjoy it. So and there's something so beautiful I'll speak later to this place that we go to. We start our day there usually. And it's so quiet in the morning. And as the sun's kind of making its way up higher towards the sky, we're usually there around nine or 10 and it peaks over the whole valley and you can see all the vines There's something almost, there's this serene feeling and it's so beautiful and it's magical. And the people there are just, it's like coming into someone's living room or home every time you visit one of these wineries and the owners are there and they just take such great care of you. I absolutely love that. Uh, I feel like when, when the, when people talk about wine tasting and, and seeing wineries, I think maybe a picture of maybe Napa or Sonoma is in, is in their head. Um, how is this different? This is different in that. So you have, you have your high-end wineries there too, and um, they're a little more commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, you have all of these boutique wineries where you can go in and just have a tailored experience. And it's not even a thing on the menu. It's just because there's not, it's not overcrowded if you don't go during festival time, mm-hmm. which we'll also talk about, okay. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. but um, it's not overcrowded. Um, the owners are used to getting one or two, maybe t- max three groups at a time. And it's just this, 
this beautiful rustic experience. You're out in this, it's really desert country, but it's this valley and you can talk to each, each uh, owner about how they came to be and they all have unique stories. Some of them, the wine has been in their family for generations, um, even maybe uh, dating back to family members that came over from Italy or France or one of those regions. And some of them, this was always their passion and their hobby, and they gave it all up one day and decided to go all in, which me as an entrepreneur and business coach are some of the most exciting stories to explore. Uh, I love a good story. I've, I've, I have to say that. Yeah. I've... <laughs> And then, and speaking of stories, can you share a story about one of your favorite times being in the, the Valle de Guadalupe? Yeah. And we can call it Valle for short Valle. as, as the local, as the locals do. Okay, Let's Valle. do as the locals do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I take an annual trip there with one of my girlfriends, uh, usually around 4th of July and we've been doing it for years. And this one particular trip, we decided we didn't want, we wanted to do the full tour as a tourist because I'm native, like from there. I consider myself a native person. Yeah. So I yeah. always go to all my favorite hotspots and we decided to be, pretend like we didn't know anything. <laughs> we hired a driver um, and they came and picked us up right at the Rosarito Beach Hotel and decided we were going all in, all out. And he took to some fabulous restaurants and um, personally would hand introduce us to the winemakers and they'd come out and meet us and greet us by the car. He, the, our driver would walk us in. He'd stay with us. They'd laugh. Sometimes he'd have a drink with us. I mean, it was just so beautiful. And we had a photographer all day, which was something we normally don't Wow. Have. <laughs> Rolling we got up to- the red carpet here. Yes. Yes. I mean, it was like having your I don't know, your favorite uncle, take your cousin, take you around to all their favorite places. And we had great pictures taken. And my friend and I just had a ball. We were both, um, I was still uh, in corporate at the time, high level executives and life was so stressful and we're always on our phone. And we had a completely unplugged day filled with freedom, joy, and love and just connection. We met random people at a couple of the wineries, some that were there from Brazil, another family that was there from Spain, um, and just got to connect. And it was very intimate experience all day. That sounds great, especially in a world where I feel like we're losing that connection with people. Um, Yeah. And to connect one-on-one and especially over food and drink is, I feel like that's the missing piece that, that we're yeah. losing in our culture today. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how many wineries did you go to and which were your favorites? I always plan for four or five and we usually make it to three before <laughs> we're starting to tap out. If you know <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. And the pores are so generous. Mm-hmm. So when I do go back next year and take um, a group of women, I'm doing a retreat out in the Valle next year. Uh, We're going to, we're going to have to go a couple of days out (laughs) to do three wineries at a time. Um, But my favorite uh, was Pijuan. Pijuan, um, the owner there was just 
I mean, we, we paid for a flight and he just took on the rest of them. We ended up tasting all the wines for the one price. (laughs) Um, we bought a bottle. He gifted us like there was another bottle. It was almost, you know, it was halfway from our, from our own tastings. And so he just gave it to us. Um, he brought out some little hors d'oeuvres and things that his wife had prepared just on, on the fly. It wasn't even on the menu and they have a wraparound patio and it was, it was really beautiful views of the Valle. So we got to really spend time there and relax. It was our middle, middle stop. So there was no rush about the next place. And I don't know, there was, there was just some magic there. Uh, how do you spell that winery? It's P I. And I think the I has an accent. Uh, I do have a travel guide for, for your audience. Okay. Um, P I J O A N. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. <clears throat> and we will also include this in the show notes on experiences that you should have podcasts. Uh, yeah. Okay. Just curious. What, what food did his wife bring out? What did she make? She made these uh, like goat cheese stuffed olives and a different assortment of cut up meats and then some version of like a ceviche that was in like this olive oil and um, sundry tomato. I don't know. It was just so good. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I can't even say. You know, this was that kind of trip where we weren't over analyzing or we were just trying and being in the experience trust and release right 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 (laughs) trust and surrender um and it was so good um we've been to another winery over at friends or franes they say uh they have this uh char grilled um octopus that's in the ceviche like medley um that's really really yummy um the views there are just phenomenal it's an ideal place for a wedding uh, 50th birthday, something like, like a big occasion. Um, you can fit a lot of people, but the grounds are just, they're quite majestic. Wow. Now what, what kinds of wines are you tasting and trying there? Uh, the Valle is really known for red blends and each, uh, winery has their own unique, um, uh, blend and, um, but I want to say balance of like the typical ones that are Merlot, Cab, and then there's this wine or this grape varietal that is native to Italy, but it's also grown here. They brought it over. It's grown here. And you don't find it in Napa or Temecula or any of our wineries here in California. It's called Nebola. 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 Yeah. And, um, also very good. It's like a deep red, and a deep, dark berry type flavor. Um, very, very good. Wow. Now, now just for, for our listeners here. So if you are going wine tasting, what is the appropriate way to taste that wine? Let's, can you walk us through that process? Uh, sure. Well, I love that we you, you, you swirl it a little bit to get the aromas to lift up out of the glass. Um, so you, I like to, to tilt the glass just so that the, the tip of the rim hits almost like the bottom of my nose. And you take in that, that first whiff that comes out. 
Um, I like to swirl it and you can see the legs that it forms, which is like the, the streaks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. come down of the wine. Um, the thicker they are is usually the, 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 the more full bodied the wine is. Um, to me, a full bodied wine is a little bit more, um, has more texture to it on your tongue. Um, the, the flavors are deeper. Um, <clears throat> Just more flavorful, more full-bodied. Uh, and then take a sip. Take a sip. Tilt it back and take a sip. <laughs> All right. See, there you go. We we hear it from, from the professional here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I feel like I just haven't been to a winery in a long time. Uh, <laughs> I, I, need, I need to go back. This is, uh, this yeah. is really exciting. Now... So you had a, you had a private driver, you had your friends, beautiful wines, food just being brought out to you. I feel like that's much different than, than other wine or wineries I've experienced where there might be like a few crackers out and there's definitely not, um, just someone just whipping up homemade food and and bringing that out. And yeah, it, it, it feels like a more laid back atmosphere. Um, it is yes so are you are you dressed up what are you what are you wearing you can wear whatever you'd like okay all right (laughs) um yes I have gone in athletic wear (laughs) uh that day we were I think we had on our hats and we, we we got to make it fun um sundresses but whatever you'd like there's not typically a dress code sure <clears throat> as long as you don't show up naked <laughs> <laughs> well you never know i'm just kidding um you never know <laughs> you never know I mean, okay so you mentioned a festival in this area what yes. what's, what's the festival so the festival is it's the fiestas de la vindimia vindimia fiestas is is party yeah. um or celebrations and vindimia is the harvest time for the wine. So this is the harvest festival. It starts the last week in July, usually runs through the third uh, week in August and ends on that Sunday. And they have all kinds of concerts. Um, There's regional acts that come from all over the country that come in. Sometimes they even have acts that uh, come from other countries and come in. Um, chefs from all over the world come and compete in the world famous paella contest, which is the last, the last event of the season. Ooh, I love a good paella. Yes. Oh my gosh. My uncle and his brother have competed every year up until maybe about five years, six years ago, but before that uh, every year and every year they were somewhere in the top five, one or the other. It was like a battle between the brothers. Um, and this is amongst top chefs all over. So, and the paellas are so beautiful. You pay, you pay your ticket, you get to go in and you get to go around after the judges have gone around. Um, you can go around and get your little plate and, and trial or taste sample from every single vendor if you want that's there. And they have some really elaborate, like a whole lobster on top of it with some of them have a whole octopus with the, with the legs all laid out. It's really beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. 
And a lot of the wineries, um, most of the wineries also show up. And so there's wine tasting and paella tasting pretty much all day. And um, again, the the bands that come in from out of town um, all day, they have music from like 10 a.m. until like 2 a.m. And a lot of little vendors, uh, like much like what you would experience if you went to a street fair or a farmer's market or a fair, um, it'd be, it's something like that where people bring in their homemade or baked from home goodies. So you can go around and and try that too. So it's, it's a really fun, that is a family day. A lot of the things in the fire are very adult oriented, but that is definitely a family day, a family experience. There's kids there running around. It's, it's a really, really fun day. That sounds really fun. Now is, is it so big that it's hard to get accommodations or you have to plan for it really far in advance? If you're going in the festival, 100% yes. And the pricing overall is about three, four or five times higher. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's get into some logistics here then. In your opinion, would it be worth still going not during the festival time? I think it's a special time to go. Um, If you pay for it, if you know you're going to go, you can book your place way in advance. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, you can stay just in Ensenada. Mm -hmm. It's not far. Or in Rosarito. It's not far. And so the pricing will be more normal there. Okay, got it. And so typically, okay, so we know when the festival is, starts at late July and goes into August. Um, now, what are some other good times to go to this region? Um, like I said, we usually go every year around 4th of July. Right. Um, it is hot in the summer. Right. It's, it's desert terrain, so it is hot during summer. Um, spring, like right now, October is beautiful absolutely beautiful that fall crisp air in the morning it warms up by you know 10 11 12 uh late morning yeah and the sunsets over there are so beautiful um the springtime is also a great time to go it is year round though i mean it's similar to southern california weather so it is it is palatable year round just the most comfortable and probably the prettiest time of year or that late fall or early fall, I should say, um, and late spring. Okay. All right. Is there any time you just wouldn't go due to, I don't know, weather or any type of extreme type weather coming in? No. Uh -uh. Okay. All right. Great to know. Great to know. Uh, so you mentioned staying in Ensenada or Rosarito, uh, what are the pros and cons of staying in, in each? Uh, and so now there's a little further. So I don't know if it, that'd be a con, but it's just okay. a little bit further right. drive. Um, they both have a buzzing a little downtown area. So I'm sure you saw that in Rosarito. Yeah. yeah. Like a yeah. one little yeah. <laughs> mile, maybe a uh-huh, uh-huh. couple blocks um, of unique vendors and things like that, like a tourist area. Both towns have that. All, all of the, um, major towns in Mexico have that type of a, a tourist strip. 
so to speak. Um, in Ensenada, if you're going to be there for a few days, I would uh, gives you the opportunity to go down and visit like Estero Beach and um, the area called the Blowhole, which is La Bufadora. Uh-huh. There's a natural phenomenon that happens there. It is quite a bit away from the city, but it's it's fun to go see. Um, the waves come in. There's a tide that just and it erupts in such a beautiful way. So um, there's that. And Rosarito, they have the Spot Fox Studios where the Titanic was filmed. So that's fun to go see. Oh, wow. Cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. It's kind of like a mini Universal Studios. Wow. <laughs> but it's really tiny. Tiny. Um, they also have the Fishing Village of Popotla, which is right next door. Um, and there's a restaurant that you would never guess. It's in a mobile home park. Um, you can't see it from the road. So you go into the mobile home park, you go to this restaurant and there's the most spectacular view. And um, the chef is phenomenal. I mean, things I haven't tried somewhere else, the way that they made the octopus and the way they made the shark was really good. I even had a albacore, I think, tartare. That's not something I would normally order. It was really, really good. Did not taste fishy at all. Um, but the cocktails, just to have a cocktail there and look at the sunset. So after our wine, day of wine tasting, we ended up there for our last cocktail before we went back to the hotel. Ooh, so what is that? What's that restaurant called? Uh, Popotla Restaurant and Bar. Okay. All right. I Sharks are like my favorite animals. So I'm not going to have the sharks, <laughs> but I would, I would happily eat the tuna. Um, <laughs> Okay, fabulous. I will include that in the show notes. What a fun way to end to end a day. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned that that you had a private driver. How how'd you line that up? And how would our listeners kind of figure out a private driver or a private tour sure. for, for the winery? Sure. Um I did a ton of research as I normally do when I travel uh, on TripAdvisor. Um, and I found the driver there through uh, repeated recommendations about him. So we decided to try him. His name is Israel. Israel, <laughs> to be exact. Um, and let me see if I can pull up. I think he has a website now. Yeah, if you could share that information, I would love to include yeah. that in the show. Sure, notes. I put it in the guide, but let me. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay, here. And Sorry, I didn't have it pulled up. I should have had that ready. Um, the the site is vinala vinaliatours.com. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And now how much did you pay for, for that tour? Uh, I think we paid him. We also tipped him very well. So I think we'll be, we paid close to $200, 100 bucks each. Uh-huh. That's for an entire day. Now, how much were your wine tastings? We can range um, from five to thirty dollars. So El Cielo, I think, is more like twenty nine ninety nine, something like that, for the tasting. But I do recommend it. They have the most beautiful underground tour. Um, you can go in and see their winemaking process, and it's um, they have a video of the history of the region. And all the generations that were there and how it developed over time. 
they have a beautiful tasting room down in that basement um, that's dimly lit with candles and the pour, um, the wine pours are so nice. And you have these different little seating areas. So you can even, even though it's packed, you can still have a private intimate experience. Wow. Oh, that sounds, sounds so unique and, and really, really fun. Something I really want to add to my list. Now, just curious though, with, you know, we're still during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, has that changed how things operate? Is the festival still happening? And what are the considerations to cross the border and come back believe, to the United yeah, States? I believe they did still have um, the festival this year because I looked it up before we did the show. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yeah, the Valle is alive and kicking. So <laughs> you feel free to go. Um, there's enough space just in general. They're not as crowded as what you would experience in Napa. Um, that social distancing just by default happens. Um, and when they do have more people in the, like El Cielo draws a larger crowd. So they have protocols in place. Masks are required. They're very strict on the social distancing. Um, they require you. It's not optional. Most places here have the, um, antibacterial as optional for you to use. Um, it's required (laughs) before you enter every, every new space or every new room. Um, but yeah, they, they are available and open, open for business. Okay. And, and what is that border crossing like, uh, going into Mexico as well as coming back into the U S do you need to show a negative COVID test to, to come back to the States? No, neither, neither way. Um, and the border sometimes does close, but for Mexican nationals, it closes on the U S side for people coming in. Um, U.S. citizens are free to come and go. Okay. Now, do you have any tips for for crossing the border, such as um, maybe best times to go to not have a long wait at the border? The best thing that you can do is to have global entry. Okay. Um, we're talking a difference of waiting in a line from three to five hours versus 15 to 30 minutes. Now, does everybody in your car need to have global entry or only one person? Everyone in the car and the vehicle must also be registered. Okay, got it. They do have the um, pedestrian crossing that's adjacent to the global entry line lanes. So if someone Mm -hmm. is not global entry, they can jump off right there and get into the pedestrian lane and you can cross over and pick them up on the other side. Um, it's just a matter of if the pedestrian lane is really out of control that day or not. All right. Perfect. Um, now just curious, as far as accessibility goes, Mm -hmm. um, do, do the wineries there, would you consider them accessible? Maybe if someone is a wheelchair user, uh, could they go and, and have a, a wine tasting and accessible entry? I think most will be, there may be a few that are not, and the few that are not might be the newer ones that are developing, um, Uh as they're adding features and growing the, you know, building new structures around the property and things like that. They tend to keep those things in mind. Um, but most of them will have, uh, accessibility. 
both in parking and in um, walkways or sidewalks, things like that. Okay. All right. And, and you mentioned, you mentioned a few dishes, a few restaurants in the area. Um, what would you say are things that you have to order food wise in this region? Oh, wow. Uh, the char grilled octopus is probably going to be really good. It's fresh. Um, lobster is, uh, of this region. There's actually a little lobster town called, um, Oh my gosh. What's it called? I'll come back to it. <laughs> me all of a sudden it's halfway between, uh, Rosarito, not halfway. It's closer to Rosarito, but on the way towards Ensenada, it's a good place to mm-hmm. stop. Um, but lobster is very unique to this town and so is shrimp. So seafood in general, yeah. the seafood for sure. Um, and then the meat, most of the feet, meat will be flown in from, uh, Hermosillo in Sonora, which is where my mom is from. Um, very much like we have corn fed Nebraska beef. Um, that is the region of Mexico that produces the best quality meat. So they usually fly it in and have it in the Bahia. So nice, thick cut, uh, charred steak would be a good choice too. And, um, Hacienda Guadalupe is the restaurant that we usually start out at. Uh, their breakfast is so good. So, so good. They have, um, native machaca, which is this, uh, dried meat, shredded meat, um, that comes from this region that I'm telling you about, um, in Sonora, Mexico. Um, so they make it there. It's fresh. The tortillas are handmade and fresh in most of the places that you go to. Um, the beans are literally, they just mashed them probably before they got placed on your plates. Black beans are really good in that region too. Um, very traditional. So yes, go for it. (laughs) Those taste buds have a party. (laughs) I'm in, I'm absolutely in. Um, and then, and then just, just curious, just, uh, we talked about cost a little bit earlier. Um, but, but I, I'd like to talk about tipping. You mentioned that you tipped your, your guide very well. But what about when you're paying at the wineries or paying per glass, what would be the expected tip uh, at these wineries? I've, uh, I, don't, I don't think people in this region expect the tip like in an arrogant kind of way. There's no sure. entitlement, I would say. So if you didn't tip, you're not going to get horrible service. <laughs> but okay. um, I do tip based on our experience. And so... Like at Pijuan, I think we left him 20 bucks. I mean, he gave us the free half bottle and the food and all the stuff that wasn't even expected. Um, so we left him with maybe I put in 20. She might have put in 20. So maybe he got a $40 tip from us together um, and things like that. We might leave, you know, 10 bucks each behind, $5 each behind. It really is depending on our experience. Yeah. Now, what would you say? would be like some really good tips just to be culturally appropriate. You know, maybe there's maybe behaviors or things that people do from the U.S. that maybe they just don't know are rude or inappropriate. Do you have any suggestions? You know, our people are very loving people. Um, The U.S. tends to be a little more 
closed closed off. I don't know if that's the word, but less warm. <laughs> We're very huggy, very high. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah. you can't completely hug right now in COVID, but um, just letting go, letting go, let let the stress of life go and be in the moment and feel the joy. Meet meet your people with joy. See. They're so happy to do what they do, what they're doing, you know, um, and revel in that. Get get curious, create a connection while you're there, um, because you just don't know if you're going to have that opportunity again. And I think one thing that us, uh, I'll speak for both sides, right? Because I'm American and I'm Mexican. Uh, on yeah. the American side, is we all like need to like. Let, let our hair down a little bit and be less uptight and they're really relaxed. Right? Um, and so just learning, you know, learning to take a page from their book, right. And when in Rome, just let your hair down, relax, be in the moment and just live, live life. All right. <laughs> Drink some wine, eat some good food, yeah. relax. Um, and final question is what if what if you took French in high school and you're not graded Spanish <laughs> and um is it is it frowned upon to to try your Spanish no. and potentially they love it. <laughs> okay. And they'll try some of their English and somewhere along the way you'll use some body language and finger pointing and you'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> perfect absolutely perfect is there anything else you'd like to add for our listeners um i do stay usually at the rosarito beach hotel um i do recommend insider's tip get on their um email list anywhere they have a place to put your email just plug it in um because they have these these uh, amazing sales that come out uh i don't know about every two months or every three months where you can get one of their condos. It's a one bedroom condo in the new tower that's overlooking the ocean, beautiful views, um, all, all brand new for like $179 for two people, for like a two night thing. And it, sometimes it comes with a massage, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it comes with drinks from their bar. Sometimes it, they, they mix that part up a bit, but really, really great specials there. All right. Oh, actually, one last question. Uh, what if there's uh, just people just staying in San Diego and you just want to take a day trip over and still have a guide? Are there any guides that would pick you up in the United States, take you over there for a fantastic long day and bring you back? Uh, most of them will pick you up just on the other side of the border. They'll literally be waiting for you on the other side. If you book it, uh, is- Israel is one of those. Um, yeah. Uh, some of them, there's a few that might originate here in San Diego. I don't know them off the top of my head, but yeah. um, yes, that is a thing. You just got to plan for it's an entire day. Okay. Yeah. Ah, what fun. <laughs> this sounds like a really fun idea. And again, I really wish I knew about this yeah. two year and a half ago, ah, but <laughs> I, I will go back. I will go. And, and you did mention, do you have a, uh, like a women's group you're taking there? Yes. Is that something that people can sign up for? 
Absolutely. They can go to latinabosscoach.com and head over to the services page. And there's a waiting list for the retreat next year. Okay. And what uh, does a retreat entail? The retreat will be, it will be women only on, on this round. Um, it's going to be four days and there will be, um, some silent moments of silence, reflection. It's a chance to relax, unwind, rejuvenate, um, where we'll do, um, some yoga or meditations in the mornings to set our intention. Um, we will go through some limiting beliefs that are keeping us from creating the results that we want in our life, whether that is to feel loved, to feel happy or to feel free. Um, and then we will have one strategy day. We will go through and create a 90 day strategy. Uh, and then we'll have some wine tasting, of course, some spa time, uh, some hot tub time, and just overall girl connection time. All right. Well, fabulous. And I just really appreciate you taking uh, time out of your very busy schedule to come and talk about wine tasting in uh, the Valle the Guadalupe and just really appreciate your expertise and tips. I look forward to chatting with you in the future and potentially wine tasting in Mexico. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to experiences you should have. Um, again, go check out Griselda's site, latinabosscoach.com. Um, she's got women's retreat. She offers coaching and and is someone that is just someone you want to listen to. Uh, so check Griselda out. And thank you for listening. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe. And if you love this podcast, kindly leave us a five-star review. And uh, until our next adventure, thank you.